What is going on, guys, and welcome to the Maker Made Podcast, the pod about woodworking, content creation, running a business, and whatever else we come up with. Hosted by myself, Tyler of Westfall Woodco, and my best friend Brian from Dogwood Custom Builds. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy. Yo, 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 episode nine. What's up, my brother? What's going on, baby? Let's get into the business. Let's do it. We're almost at double digits. Thank you guys so much for sticking along for this many episodes, or at least trying to, and uh, keeping up with our shenanigans. We're very thankful, and uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Episode 9, let's get it, dude. All right, doggy, what are we getting into today? We're talking all about finishes today. So, polyurethanes, oil-based, natural, you know, cutting boards, whatever project you're finishing the shop. We're going to talk about it today. And that brings us to our sponsor, Bumble Shoots, who makes a natural cutting board, oil, wax, shop wax, all of your kitchen uh, utensils, all that good stuff. Anything you're putting wood on or using wood, <laughs> Bumble Shoots is the answer. I love this stuff. I've been using it for probably a year now. Uh, I know you just got into it a little recently. Yeah, very new to the uh, Bumble Shoots, but just in the one application I've used of it so far. Big fan. Huge fan. Thanks again, Bumble Shoots, for sponsoring today's episode. We'll get more on them later in the episode. Nice. So uh, how's the uh, how's the week been? I know it's I know it's not been great, but fill me in a little bit. Oh, the theme of the last, I don't know, week and a half has been humbling. And I can't even like <laughs> that's putting it nicely. I've just been taking some major L's on the past couple projects, which I kind of felt has been bound to happen because I've been cruising through these things and things have been going very, very well. So just law, what is it? Law of attraction or whatever. Just Murphy's law. Murphy's law. Uh, that's the term. If something can go wrong. It will go wrong. Well, Murphy was a woodworker and content creator. So we know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, dude. But um, uh, I had a couple, actually one really, really dicey install. I had quoted build planned for, Six hours for an install of two L-shaped floating shelves and two uh, little short, you know, 27-inch floating shelves. And as well as butcher block countertops in this kitchen for a good friend and a good client. So I already have a really good relationship with them. I've done projects for them before. Close family friend, lovely, great situation, whatever. Get to their house on install day. It's a Friday. Come in the afternoon. And then... We get going, get all my supplies. I get there. Um, I'm hanging up the brackets for the floating shelves. Can't find a stud anywhere in the wall. It's an older house built in the 60s. Well, no, go ahead. I was gonna say, what is is it my house? Because I don't think I've I don't think there's any studs in my house. Dude, that's what I'm saying. This this wall that I started on, I, I was using a contractor that was there, stud finder, and that thing must have been a piece of garbage or something, because I couldn't find anything. I thought I had found a couple and I threw a screw or two in. Nothing. No dice. Couldn't find a stud anywhere. Finally grabbed one or two. And this is this is a six foot span we're talking about. So there's several studs within there that I can hit, you know? Oh, yeah. So I should find, what is that? At least four, maybe five. Three or four. Six foot? Every 16 mm-hmm. inches, yeah. So like three or four, four, four or five, something like that. Quick math. <laughs> but uh couldn't find anything just screws just stripping out the drywall um whatever so that was an absolute nightmare yeah you were you're messaging me about that a lot actually that 
I also did shelf install, not the same issue at all. Um, but I used different brackets. It was a cheap pine bracket or pine shelves for a client, for a repeat client. Uh, they really liked the simplicity and all that. Tried to upsell on Alder and no luck. So I was <laughs> like, all right, going to Home Depot. Those turn out um, good though. Yeah, they're fine. Uh, cool Lego collection. Uh, I used to play with Legos a lot growing up, so it's cool to see some of those things again. Oh, I was so mad at myself. So I had studs. I used a stud finder, which miraculously it worked, because usually whenever I turn them on around me, they just beep nonstop. So, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, no, so I had studs all marked out, and then I just freaking put the, the thing up and started drilling holes totally off my marks. How'd you do that? I just like wasn't even thinking. I think so. I had the, I put the far right side of the shelf up, put the wood on it, and then put the left bracket up because they're kind of weird to to line up. And instead of putting it left to right where my stud was, I put it just like anywhere that made it level, and just start and just drilled the first hole. And then as soon as I put the screw, in, I was like, oh my gosh, why did I even? look for a stud to start because I didn't even use it. Um, but I got some, I got some better drywall anchors uh, from Ace to help for hardware place there. I mean, they're really sturdy. They, they really sank in pretty well. So if it was holding heavy stuff it might be different, but it was just some, some Legos uh, pretty, pretty cool. Pretty easy. Yeah. But you, um, you're like putting four screws in each of those brackets, right? Yeah. Each, each shelf had eight screws holding it. So, Gotcha. Pretty confident with that. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. Those things hold like freaking 50, 60 pounds each. So times eight or whatever, you're in good shape. And then that was really awesome because next week I have a high pressure install for the two redwood shelves and the redwood desk that are all floating. And this this past weekend was a good trial run. Make sure I have everything that I need, you know, in my like go bag mm-hmm. um, when I'm bringing stuff and just be ready to go for uh, for the real deal. Uh, when it when it really counts at a big developer's unit, but that's it for me. Pretty quiet. That's good. That's good. I'm. Uh, sounds like you're having a lot better luck than me over here. But I'm hoping to uh, get back on the saddle here and get some W's under the belt. Yeah, saddle up, fork up. A boy can dream. But uh, <laughs> so, um, I, you know, there was some good that came out of that floating shelf job because, like I said, I did a butcher block countertop for them as well. And I had to do a sink cutout for an undermount sink. So my margin of oh. error was very, very slim. And yep. luckily, with the power of templates and the CNC, we I, it went perfectly. Absolutely perfectly. So You were sharing pictures of that in your story, and they, they turned out really well. That was really impressive, using the CNC to get those templates going. That's yeah, man. Awesome. I w- my back was against the wall. I was super nervous. I thought I was going to have to freehand with the jigsaw, which was giving me horrendous results. I tried to cut one of the pieces of the <laughs> one and a half inch butcher block countertop and I'm cutting and all of a sudden it gets really hard, like three inches in and I like stop and I back it up and then I go again, go another two inches and I look underneath. The blade is literally cutting like at a 45 miter. <laughs> Every single time I use a jigsaw, that's what happens. I, I'm, I threw it away. After I left the house, I just threw it in the trash can. I've I've had that thing just what for... What was that? Just a stupid Ryobi one that I bought very, very early on in my woodworking career. 18 volt. Yeah. Worked for as long as it needed to, right? 
yeah, I mean, I used it very little, but it was always nice to have when I needed it. But like I said, I was just so frustrated, I just threw it in the can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like that with the jigsaw a lot. I honestly, least favorite tool ever invented on planet Earth. But uh, I got the countertops in one way or another. Went great. Very pleased. Customer was really happy. Uh, I still have to go back and put in the shorter floating shelves that are going onto a block wall, which gave me even more trouble because I didn't anticipate the block wall being a block wall. And I only had wood screws or screws that would go in and hit a stud and no dice. So Hmm. I tried like three different things, different anchors, different adhesives, different uh, screws, bits, drills, etc., could not get it to work, so I still need to go back and finish those up. But I did get the L shelves up eventually, and they turned out really yeah. good. Client loves them. They're just some eight quarter ash shelves with white Rubio on them. Came out yeah. so nice. Yeah, they looked really good. Thank you. Speaking of those countertops, uh, that was actually my first time using bumble shoots, and I think now is a good time to tell you a little bit more about them. Are you a woodworker or maker that deals with cutting boards, charcuterie boards, butcher block countertops, or any other kitchen item or surface that requires a food safe finish? Look no further than Bumble Shoots. Bumble Shoots makes professional grade wood care products for all of your needs. It's affordable, it's high quality, and the beeswax they use is from local beekeepers here in the United States. That means their products aren't cut with cheap paraffin wax. Their products are petroleum free with the exception of the woodworker's oil, which only contains some mineral oil just to thicken the consistency. Bumble Shoots is a veteran-owned and operated company. Eric, the founder, spent 12 years in the U.S. Army serving as a medevac helicopter pilot. He does run Bumble Shoots with the support of his wife and HR manager, Crystal, and receives direct guidance and support from his two-year-old son, Liam. And at the time of this recording, the newest member of the Bumble Shoot family is Audrey, who is two days old. So Eric and Crystal, congratulations on that. We hope everyone is happy and healthy. But Bumble Shoots is an amazing family business. They're great people, great products. And their prices are really affordable. So go check them out on Instagram. We'll put all of their links in our show notes. And when you check out on their website, be sure to use the coupon code MAKERMADE for 10% off your order. That is MAKERMADE, just like the name of the podcast, for 10% off. MAKERMADE. All right, let's jump back into the show. Doggy, I think you wanted to try something new out this week. Is that right? Yeah, let's try a little something new. A little uh, spice so it up? A little flair? A little pizzazz? Uh, so this was from a an anonymous source who doesn't like being called out every show. So we're going to, we're going to leave his name out of it, but we'll put him in the show notes. Yeah, he did. He was like, I just, I'm feeling like a fanboy now. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I just look like a groupie if you keep calling me out. Um, But we have a good supporter of the show that brought up, uh, I mean, we always talk about the woodworking community, maker community supporting each other. Uh, So we'll just like call out one maker, one post, one woodworker um, each week that we thought was doing something cool or did something cool. And we'll uh, give him a shout out, put a post onto our page, and let him see it. Let's show show the world. Dan of the Sandlot Creative Co. The man. The f- no, I can't think of a more a better person for the first ever Maker Made podcast live on the show. Maker shout out, Maker Spotlight. Let's call it that. I like that Maker Spotlight. I like it. I can get behind that. But yeah, so Dan, Dan, I think Dan's listening to the show because his reels recently have been on point. Definitely. He's been he's been drinking the juice, so to speak. Him and I actually talk <laughs> all the time. He's a good buddy, obviously. Uh, a fan of the show, it, it seems at least. 
And uh, like you said, he's been putting out some really awesome content lately. He's actually been diving into the more, what do you call them, like skit videos. Using like the trendy sounds, like kind of the stuff you'd see more on TikTok, but he's bringing it to the gram. And to be honest with you, I'm typically not the one who would really enjoy those type of things. But I don't, <laughs> something about him and the way he does them, they just make me laugh. And on top of that, he's just glasses. making good content. Not just skits, but he's making good content. Yeah, and good, yeah, good product. Really, really impressive maker. Mainly scroll saw artist, but his, uh, yeah, some of his videos are funny. So I think everyone should go, go check him out and uh, get a good laugh from Dan because he's just a good dude. He roasted me so bad last week when I was posting about my CNC troubles, and he and I I always hate on him for the scroll saw because I could not get the hang of the scroll saw. That was a tool I bought and regretted immediately, and I sold it like a week later. But uh, he, I was having CNC troubles, and he was like, "Oh, you need to get a scroll saw. This baby never lets me down." Freaking <laughs> classic scroll saw artist. All right, well, Dan, uh, congratulations on your first um maker spotlight is that what you wanted to call it spotlight, maker, maker, spotlight maker spotlight on the maker made podcast pew, 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 pew. Pew, 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 pew. um yeah let's roll into the actual topic for the episode though uh we're talking about finishes um we had a handful of questions about what finishes we use and how we apply them uh so did you want to just take that and run with it or do you want to divvy it up how do you want to attack it so I think the we need to talk about what type of project we're doing here. Because are we talking like finishing cutting boards, or are we talking about you know furniture, tables, etc.? Because I think I approach both of those things differently, and they deserve to oh, be yeah. approached differently. Because not all product is created equally, and it's not built for multiple uses. Obviously, for a cutting board, you need something food safe. Which, as you know, we're fans of Bumble Shoots, so you should definitely go check them out. Bumble Shoots. But I would say, I don't know, do you want to talk about like a specific project? So if you were to make a table, doggy, let's say you have a nice alder table. What is your process with something like that? Alder tables, I really, I stick to staining, um, which normally, it's a hardwood. Um, it's a softer hardwood. Um, I don't really like to stain, but most clients want tables to fit the aesthetic of their house. So they want a certain color. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll usually stain them. Once the stain's cured, I'll spray with my home, right? Super max. Hang on. Hang sprayer. on. What kind yep. of stain are we talking here? Are you an oil based wipe on kind of guy? Do oh, you No, 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 no. Oh wait, am I? Yeah, I, I am. I definitely am. Yeah. Oil based. Path. Yeah. Varathane uh, from home Depot. I get the quart and that usually lasts me for at least a table or two. Uh, and I just wipe it on and uh, wipe it off within whatever a couple minutes from application. So I use Varathane. I know a lot of people use Minwax uh, from Lowe's. Uh, Home Depot is just closer. So no need to go to Lowe's for me. For sure. And then um, once I'm done with staining, if I'm staining, I will use a uh, Homerite Super Finish Max Sprayer to apply clear coat. And again, I spray... Varathane, water-based polyurethane. Um, and I stay away from high gloss. I, I, I like semi-gloss or satin for the most part, for the sheen. I can agree with that. Yeah. I've, never, I've never done gloss or anything like that. Um, but I don't I don't like those oil-based stains. I do them if I absolutely have to, but most of the time I try to use gel stain. I think those go on way better. They're way more fun oh, to yeah. apply 
which is important to me because if I mm-hmm. have to apply stain, which thankfully is uh, not very often, but uh, I just think it's, I'm a big fan of applying it because you can just put on a big glob and use like a plastic card scraper and spread it all around and then rub it in or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, water-based poly works great. I think for, well, for my tables in the past, um, like I did a live edge acacia table last year. And for that, I used a general finishes wipe on poly. Okay. And that was based off of another live edge table builders recommendation. He's been using it for decades. So safe to say that he's a reputable source and it worked great. It was super easy to apply. You literally just wipe it on 10 minutes later, you come back and buff it off and the table's in really good shape now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think that that's really good for like my older stain tables. I love the water poly water-based poly, uh, for live edge stuff. I haven't gotten into it as much as I would have liked to at this point uh, or like a nice walnut dining table. Again, haven't really gotten into those. Heard a lot of great things about Rubio. Heard a lot of great things about, is it? Um, Rubio Odin's. works really well. I've been using that a lot recently and that's been, it's pretty easy to apply and it's one coat and there, it doesn't need a top coat or anything. So it's really oh. easy. Yeah. But the Rubio, it's like a two part mixture and you, I think it's like, two to one or maybe three to one i think it is and they have a ton of different colors and i really like their website because it's very clear and concise Um, i use their oil plus 2c product and they have color scheme they have color samples for like six different types of wood which i've been sending to clients and they love it and then for that for their project i'll buy that color of course and then i have a ton left over that i can use for other projects so it's really cool. It's really handy to have. Like that, uh, the shelves I just did with Ash that I finished with white Rubio, we decided that we're going to use that finish for our bedroom furniture when I get around to making it. That's just how oh, much we liked it. So that worked out good. Awesome. The client paid for that finish already. So, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I wish I, I wish I had, I wish I pushed that more uh, because I've really heard good things about it. Mm-hmm. Super easy. Yeah. So, like I said, once you mix it, and then I do, uh, I'll just pour it onto the surface and then spread it around with a plastic scraper. And it has a little applicator buffing pad thing that you buff it around with and uh, soaks it in real good. Come back 10 minutes later, wipe it off, and she's done, ready to go. Yeah, it seems a lot less painful than staining and clear coating. Definitely. <laughs> I, it's just cool because it's, it's like a one process deal. Like you said, doesn't yeah, need a top coat. And I make so much sawdust in my garage that in order to clear coat, and I do with water-based poly, I probably spray six coats on a table. Um, so every three hours or, you know, wait 24 hours, lightly sand, and then, you know, spray and every two hours again. Um, I, I can't do anything else in the garage when I'm spraying because it'll get in the poly and ruin the finish. So... Mm-hmm. Um, that's you another should, kind of convenient factor. You should think about switching. Uh, didn't you have some durability issues in the past with water-based poly? Like I, I know it wasn't like your fault, but didn't like uh, a client have a kid and he ran a metal hot yeah. wheels on a table. Yeah. She was trying to get a refund on a, a table for some scratches. And then I was sent a picture of a kid's like metal hot wheels cars and like scratches on the table. It's like, 
well, they're not invincible. Um, I'll, I'll fix it. You know, I'll, I'll fix it, but they're definitely not invincible tables. They're, they're, you know, and it was black. It was black stain. So it shows anything um, through it. I got gotcha, you, but I, and not, it's obviously not your fault. You don't cover for stupidity. Obviously, little kids shouldn't be playing with metal Hot Wheels cars on a wood tabletop. But I don't know. Maybe maybe a different finish could have been more durable or something. Yeah. I'm not really sure about the details yeah. of that, but just something to consider if you're uh, putting things in clients' homes. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the polyurethane finish is easy. And it's kind of when you're starting out like an easy way to put a clear coat on it. For sure. Um, but I, I would say that the next step up is that like oil Rubio 2 plus C, whatever, it, whatever the thing is. Something that's, I don't know. I, I don't like the really shiny looking surfaces. Even if it's semi-gloss or satin, you still have that layer above the wood. And I would rather have as natural of a look as possible where you can still see the grain. For sure. That's what's really cool about Rubio. And I mean, this is quickly turning into a Rubio ad and I definitely don't mean it like that, but I'm just, I'm just genuinely comparing. And I'm also realizing as I'm speaking and how much I truly enjoy it and how well it works with my shop setup. Like you said about the dust and whatnot, it's tough having to put six, seven coats onto one piece, you know? I mean, that's, that's the, the meat of finishing for me. Um, But when we talk about food safe finishes, um, I, I rely on bumble sheets. So I use their woodworkers oil for cutting boards, charcuterie boards, butcher blocks, all that stuff comes in like a nice jar and you just shake it, mix up the ingredients and then pour it on two coats or so until it's done absorbing it. And then I use their, uh, conditioner, which is similar to a, a wax. And I put that on and I, I buff it off, you know, after, 30 minutes. So uh, again, super easy application and all of those boards that I've done with it are still looking uh, fresh and fine. So uh, yeah. So on the, on the, on the bumble shoots container, it said that two, two coats may be necessary um, for like countertops or whatever, but I put on a really nice thick coat first of their, uh, of their wood serum. And it, Mm. I mean, those counters really, they t- it took it very well, and there wasn't really many dry spots after it. I did go back and put on a little extra for a second coat, and then you know you come back later ten minute uh, ten minutes later and buff it off, and then do the wood conditioner. But man, it worked so well, and the clients were so happy with the transformation, and their kids as well as them were just like loving the smell of it. They loved the oh, lemon, lemon. Yep, definitely yeah. a big fan of that. And the clients were really happy. And I also was able to give them a little small container of the wood serum and the wood conditioner that they could keep on hand to reapply as necessary for the future, which is a big bonus. Good, yeah, good Eric, client happiness factor. Yeah. Eric. Uh, so the owner of Bumble Shoots has, I think he sells little containers, like a couple ounces of the woodworker's oil and a couple ounces of the uh, conditioner, which is the wax. And you can buy maybe 50 at a time. So when you make a cutting board for somebody, you can give them a care kit that they can maintain their own cutting board with uh, to make sure, obviously, you're preventing bacteria from growing and staying safe and all that good stuff. It also comes with a little care guide card, which is super valuable. People Mm -hmm. love when it's super easy and put right in front of their face. I get a lot of questions on cutting board care. And at this point, I just send them the Bumble Shoots URL and <laughs> let them read it themselves. Yeah, I mean, it's, they make it super easy, so yeah. might as well. 
Yeah. I've dabbled with some trying to make my own homemade wax and stuff, and it's just not worth it. Just too much hassle. Did it a couple years ago back in Florida. It it worked. It was good, but like you said, not worth the hassle of making it. I'd rather support another small business and and uh, use their product. Is there a finish that you have always wanted to use and haven't? So I would say Rubio. Uh, I used it once like four years ago, but I would like to revisit it on a larger scale. I, when I actually it. kind of know what I'm doing. That's a good idea. I, I think it's important to like broaden your horizons and try new things. But mm-hmm. also like if you find something you like, just roll with it. But I think you should try Rubio. I think you'd really like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm mentally, um, internally trying to change a lot when I move in April. Um, like I'm going to run things like internal to the business and out with the clients. I want to change kind of how I act, uh, and how I interact that way. It's more professional and more, um, I don't know, more business-like as opposed to my kind of Joe Schmo in his garage making stuff. Mm-hmm. I really want to act more like a business and I think something a, a product like Rubio can take that next step uh, or help make that next leap um, to, to that. Do you know what also would be really helpful in that regard? Jobber. Jobber. Listening to the Maker Made podcast hosted by oh. myself, Tyler of Westfall Woodco and my, my buddy Don Dung of Dogwood Custom Builds. <laughs> Talk about woodworking, content creation, running a business and anything else we have come up with. Yes, sir. Uh, did we have any listener questions this week? Or is it really about finishes? We had someone ask about our favorite species of wood uh, to work with. Uh, or if not specified by a client, what's our favorite wood? Cheap answer is alder. Oh, the expensive answer is alder. Wait. Hmm? Walnut. The expensive answer is walnut. I love oh. me some walnut i thought you were trying to make a joke and i was like that wasn't that funny (laughs) (laughs) no so the easy answer is walnut it's just the expensive answer Um, i love walnut love the way it smells it cuts easily it planes easily and it finishes beautifully Uh, but if you're talking about what wood i use the most of it's alder Um, it's cheap it's sturdy it's strong and it finishes well Um, so i typically use alder um, walnut is my dream wood to work everything with i wish i could get like a big full table build out of walnut just haven't found uh, that right client yet what about you though you use a lot of ash right yeah ash is my go-to um it's very plentiful out here and it's pretty affordable and it stains really well it, it clear coats very well and obviously it takes rubio very well I've done a handful of tables, uh, actually all kinds of builds, signs, tables, benches, uh, consoles. I've done a lot of things with it, and it's definitely my favorite uh, affordability-wise. like That's like my go-to. But if I like have a dream wood that I can work with every day, all day, it would be Live Edge Acacia. Mm. I love working with that. Yes. I have a huge commission that was supposed to be coming up like six months ago for two live education tables and Mm -hmm. a few other things, but the, it's for a client who's building a new home. Their new home is being delayed, blah, 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 blah. 
keep getting pushed out and now it's postponed until further notice so that really really blows but it is what it is yeah that acacia is beautiful wood beautiful oh speaking of that in that package that i'm sending you soon with all of your templates would you like a couple acacia slabs i have three on hand at the moment the box is already going to be ginormous you might as well just make it bigger i just don't know if you have a space or not oh I'll make the space. <laughs> yeah, if you can, I'll take whatever. Just let me know uh, what um, what your price is, and I I'll get it to you for sure. And for it. speaking of that, it's something I've been de- thinking about for like two years now. Um, acacia and ash are things that grow here in Arizona, very specifically in Phoenix, where I'm at. And I have a good buddy who is a log recoverer. He goes out and he picks up logs that have been mm-hmm. from fell trees or trees that need to be removed for landscaping reasons or whatever. And he always has these small charcuterie blanks of acacia, uh, willow acacia, shoestring acacia, uh, ash, and sometimes oak. But uh, I would love to list those on my website alongside the templates. I don't know. Do you think that's a half decent idea? I'm thinking like I- slabs that are like 18 by 12 and maybe an inch thick, maybe an inch and a half. Yeah, I think that would be pretty neat. Um, I think it'd be a good little opportunity to give people, yeah, give people a chance to make something cool. You provide the template, you provide the wood. All they got to do is have the tools. For sure. And it's not necessarily like something to be like a money grab because I wouldn't make very much uh, profit wise on it. But I just think it'd be cool. And it's a fun thing that I could provide to the community because a lot of people don't have access to that kind of stuff. I don't. Yeah, so... Maybe I'll make that happen. And I'm also kind of proposing it to the audience. If you guys would be interested in something like that, please let me know. Shoot me a message. Shoot the podcast a message. And if you're not already, give us a follow on Instagram at MakerMadePodcast. We'd really appreciate it. And like, subscribe, whatever on your Spotify podcast, whatever app you're listening to this on. We'd really appreciate your support on whatever platform you listen Speaking of different platforms to support us on, we also have a Maker Made Podcast Patreon. There's a ton of really cool benefits on there that you can get by joining up, uh, pledging you know X amount of dollars per month. There's all kinds of tiers, as low as three dollars. Our highest is thirty dollars. That thirty dollar thirty dollar tier includes a really cool T-shirt with mine and Doggy's logo, as well as the podcast logo. And it would just be really nice. Helps us keep the lights on. Helps us keep the show rolling. We do have expenses with the podcast. Unfortunately, it's not free as much as we love to do it. Uh, we would rather not have that financial burden. And if you feel the need to help us with it, we'd be forever grateful. And you'd get some really cool perks. Yeah, some cool benefits in there. Highest tier, you get a really comfortable t-shirt, um, which I wear more times a week than I wash it. So it's really, com- <laughs> it's really comfortable. Um, but yeah, definitely some really cool benefits on there. I mean, I think that's all we got for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the number one podcast in the world. Maker Made Podcast. <laughs> episode no. nine, closing out. Major shout out to the sponsor of today's episode, Bumble Shoots. You'll be hearing a lot more about them in the near future. Thank you guys. Bumble Shoots. Pew, 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 pew. Pew, pew, pew. That's all we got, folks. Peace and out. Episode nine. Bumble Shoots. Thank you. Peace. Peace.